All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome to PTC Cast episode 45. Today, Chris and I go into workout splits and adherence around those workout splits. We answer a couple questions at the end as well. Peck, pop, and drop. Yeah. <laughs> it's brought to you by progressthroughchange.com where you can get your four easy habits for fat loss guide. And man, I'm, I'm just like ridiculously proud of this guide. I mean, we have almost 700 downloads and it's just, it's so cool to hear all the feedback and how it's changed people's lives. And I mean, it's, it's helped me lose... 60 pounds on my own and then keep that off. It's helped you lose 120. And I mean, yeah. I wish I had a way to like add up all the fucking pounds of fat that have been lost from this fat loss guide alone. Like it's a PDF. It's a freaking five minute read. It's 10 pages and takes you three seconds to download. Like I can't recommend it enough. You can man download it and then unsubscribe from the mailing list. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, just take the PDF and run, man. That's all you need. Like yeah. take it and run. Cause like we, we are extremely proud of it and, and we want you to check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm confident you will find value in it. So you could check out progress through change.com for that. Yeah. And you, you know, a, a lot of people have, um, when, when they think about fat loss, they think about supplements, they think about this and that and all, all of these, you know, complicated ideas. But, uh, the truth is from, you know, out both of our experience, um, you know, you training clients, you losing fat yourself, mm -hmm. being a bodybuilder, uh, me losing, you know, as of right now, over 175 pounds, um, we've boiled it down into these four simple yeah. habits that yeah. without a doubt, if adhered to, you will lose fat. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt about it. There's four simple habits you implement on a daily basis. They're very easy habits too. Yep. They're not, they're not complicated. You're, you know, you're, you're not getting into the science of uh, fat loss or anything like that. It's straightforward habits and mm -hmm. they'll, they will take you from, being where you are right now to being where you want to be when it comes to fat loss. 100%. 100%. Episode 45 coming at you. Enjoy the show. We'll catch you next week. What was the craziest training split you ever did? <laughs> you ever oh. did? Yeah, what do you got? Um, I guess I'll use I'll use powerlifting just because, you know, that was my most obsessive. Sure. Uh, well, real quick. Before that, um, probably wrestling. I would do... I was always... I was always the best long distance runner and that's so funny to me. Yeah, bro. That's so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I'm talking about like I would almost sprint, you know, running yeah. miles and that feeling of runner's high was so amazing. But you know, in those sessions, um, you know, we would do like two hours of wrestling and then run like eight miles. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a, I guess a different level of intensity though like for me that wasn't really all that intense uh but for powerlifting the split of my teenage years was definitely the craziest it was um five days a week the first day was leg day uh wednesday was bench thursday was back friday was no i guess it was four days a week and then uh not friday uh Saturday was my second bench day, mm -hmm. but those training sessions were the leg training sessions were easily five hours long. Yeah. And then the upper day or upper body training sessions like back and chest, those were, or no, I'm sorry, my bad. It was, it was five days. So the first leg day was Monday. That was my heavy squats, uh, heavy bench on Wednesday. Thursday was, uh, my second leg day. Friday was my accessory day, which was back. 
and then Saturday was my second bench day. So yeah, I, yeah, it was five days. And the first uh, leg training session would be my heavy squats. So yep. that, w- that would be, you know, very intense. But and then after that, um, I would do five sets of 12 with, uh, and I know all these numbers because I did, you know, <laughs> did these splits for years. Yeah. For, years. Um, for leg press, I did uh, five sets of 12, pause leg press, uh, then uh, leg extensions, um, five sets of 20 and then RDLs, 12 sets of, or no, five sets of 12, blah, 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 blah. It would end up being like, you know, five hours long. Yeah. And then, yeah, just. That was the thought process there. Just like the more I do, the better. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to, well, first of all, I was obsessed with becoming the strongest teenager that ever lived. And then. You say that. I was so sick of saying that. I know I am, bro. (laughs) Uh, and then I was also like emotional, emotional damage. I was emotionally damaged, uh, during that time. So that was my output, uh, to get all of that out of me. It was more than just working out. Yeah, exactly. And so every, every single rep of every single set was like, you know, pedal to the metal. I'm talking about like death metal in my ears, uh, Heart rate, it, it 190, was, like... Oh, easily. Just easily, metal. dude. Yeah. yeah. And there was no leaving that just for main, uh, you know, lifts. That was yeah. for every accessory, um, everything. Yeah. Didn't, didn't matter what it was. Every single thing was balls to the wall. Yeah. Wow. Mine, my craziest or silliest split. <laughs> craziest, silliest. Craziest. No, well, first of all, when I was prepping for my first show... I was 17 and I was also of the mindset that more was better. And so, um, I was really, really, really bad at training back, like Mm -hmm. horribly bad at engaging my lats, traps, rhomboid, whatever it is, you name it. I did bicep. It was basically all biceps and rear delts Ah, anytime I tried to do anything. So, yeah. So make a long story short during that prep, I was doing 20 sets of back twice a week. Um, while I was eating anywhere from like fourteen to sixteen hundred calories a day, oh. so I was lifting. Yeah, so at 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 its worst, <clears throat> at its worst, I was working out thirteen times a week. I was weight training seven days a week and doing cardio six days a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, my calories were anywhere from fourteen to sixteen hundred, maybe seventeen hundred. I was at fourteen thousand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was basically starving myself while doing all that, man. Yeah, I was basically, I don't know how I wasn't just emaciated. I mean, I had very little muscle anyways, but I am so surprised I didn't have even less than that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, it it was just the thought process of like, I got to do more. 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 And more isn't necessarily like always bad, but it's definitely not usually the right answer because more shit is just more shit. Mm. So that was kind of... That was the craziest for me, man. And it was basically, I don't remember what the actual split was. I think it was like push-pull legs, push-pull arms or something like that. I think it was push-pull legs, push-pull legs, arms. And then I would just assume I was fresh the next day. Assume, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> assume I was, yeah, assume I was ready the next day. Yeah, and then I'd be doing like an hour of Stairmaster for those cardio sessions. I mean, it was stupid, man. But, you know, really what I wanted to dive in today, dive into today after kind of explaining all of that was like, what is the right place to start what is the mm. right amount what is the right number or you know days per week time in the gym like where, where do you 
where do you start? And so my number one thing when I'm talking to like a new client or someone who's looking to get started is, mm-hmm. um, what can you commit to and how important it is mm-hmm. it to you? And that's not a loaded question. You know, sometimes I feel like if I say, how important is it to you? Someone, people think that I want them to say, oh, it's the number one thing right now. It's more important than my kids. It's more important than my job. It's more important than my spouse. Like, and none of that is true Yeah. or sh- none of that should be true. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> anyways, where I was going with all that is like, look, adherence is, is the base of all of this, man. So, you know, if you want to feel super hardcore and say that you want to work out six days a week for 90 minutes each time, that's great, but you better be able to do it. You better be able to recover from it. You better be able to put that much time in. I mean, six times, I mean, you're talking about like 10 to 12 hours a week in the gym. You're talking about basically like a part-time job at that point. And so I always try to start with like, okay, what is the smallest amount that you can commit to confidently? Mm. For most people, that's going to be like two to three days of like 45 to 60 minutes, maybe, maybe upwards of like 75 or 90 minutes if you're doing cardio as well. Yeah. And I'm talking, you know, kind of general, you know, middle of the road, average Joe. Um, At that point, it's not really getting, or it shouldn't, um, take up too much of you know your life right you know three three sessions a week right like you said 40 45 minutes to an hour a lot of people can just replace you know watching tv or yeah you know chilling um yeah with something or with that and yeah by the end of it you know they should feel good in my opinion you should be able to create a great physique feel healthy feel strong as with this as more of a hobby than a part-time job yeah you know, in my opinion, that, sh- that should be well doable for most. Mm. Um, and I think, again, the biggest part of that is adherence or structure. Because, again, look, if you can work out six days a week, great. But if you can work out three days a week and get your sleep in, get your food in, maintain your relationships, show up to your job, not be brain dead for everything else in your life, why don't we do three days a week to start? Mm. And then maybe we can go four days a week. Maybe we can go five days a week, you know. But there's, to me, there's no point in biting off more than you can chew right off the bat. Um, so from that point, depending on, you know, who the person is or, or where they are, like one thing you have to really pay attention to as well is like stress, sleep, food, stage of life, um, and current scenario. Mm-hmm. So stress, if you're someone who has no day job, you're living with your parents, you're a spouse, you're, I, mean, I don't know, I don't, whatever your scenario is like you might have very low stress. If you're someone who is a high performer, works 80 hours a week, you might have very high stress. If you have five kids, you might have very high stress. If you have one dog, you might have lower stress. So, you know, those are important variables to keep in mind, man, because at the end of the day, training is stress. You might perceive it as a stress release, but training is stress to your system. So if you're already full of stress, 90 hours out of your 128 hours in the week, it's probably not a great idea to add another 10 hours on top of that. That's a good point. So... Yeah, so so that's an important variable. I don't remember all the other ones I broke down and how in order, but sleep is going to be the next one. So if you're someone who struggles with sleep and you're sleeping four hours a night, three hours a night for whatever reason, you probably shouldn't be doing 10 sets of deadlifts. Mm -hmm. You probably shouldn't be doing, you know, heavy sets all the way to failure 10 times a week or something silly like that. Like you're going to need to be pretty smart with your programming. If you're someone who's sleeping, you know, nine to 10 hours a night, you might be able to go a little bit harder, man. You might be able to do a yeah. little bit more. If you're somebody who's eating 3,500 calories a day with 250 grams of protein and nothing but clean food, you might be able to train seven days a week. You might be able to, I mean, totally get after it. But if you're somebody who, you know, has to rely on hitting the drive through for one of their meals or, you know, is doing maybe some prepackaged stuff or maybe has to, 
you know, rely on some shakes or some meal replacements here or there, that might affect your training output as well. Yeah. You know, if you're someone who is, you know, a 75 year old woman or a 22 year old man, that's going to affect how you train. Right. So all of these independent variables matter when you're, when you're setting this up for yourself. And then a lot of these, uh, variables, they may not be obvious from the get go. Yeah. So I really like the idea, like you were talking earlier is even if, you know, you think you can, um, you think you can maintain the six days a week. Yeah. Like what, what would be the issue of starting at the minimum standard yeah. so that you can completely understand yeah. where you're or what you're capable of doing. Yeah. Um, cause if you're not okay with that, well, you can always ramp it up in, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks from now. Yeah. Um, and you can ramp it up slowly so that it doesn't, uh, interfere with those other things. And maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you do ramp it up slowly, then you'll be able to see whenever it does start causing problems. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start off these six days a week and um, all of a sudden, you know, th- three weeks down the road, you're just like crashed and there's no way you can keep up with the six days a week. And not only that, you're feeling like way more stressed and then your right. sleep is going down and, you know, you're you're starting to go out to eat fast food more because yep. you are stressed. And it's time to make a change. Yeah. Well, at that point, where where do you change? You know, like you, you've started off up here. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to take out from up here. So more yeah. likely than not, you're just going to get rid of the training yeah. completely. Yeah. And you're going to be back, for, you know, at square one. Yeah. So I really like the idea of, yeah, just starting at those, you know, the, the minimum. Um, and like you said, a lot, for a lot of people, uh, I think it's reasonable, you know, three days a week, um, like an hour, 45 yeah. minutes or an hour. Yeah. And just experimenting with it, yeah. see how it works for your life, what you like, what you don't like, mm-hmm. and build from that. Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, man. And so, you know, I think a big part of that whole process as well is is quantifying results and your expectations around those results. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, go, reverting back to that first question, you know, how important is it to you? How much time can you dedicate to it? Well, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with being someone who maybe only has two days a week for 30 minutes at a time right now. You know, maybe you're looking to just stick your big toe in, or maybe you have a hundred different other commitments or, you know, maybe you're nervous about the process. I don't know, but maybe that's mm-hmm. your starting point. And it's like, look, okay, whatever, if you're doing enough to cause a stimulus, you're doing enough to make progress. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say what those numbers are going to be specifically, but you know, you're probably not going to be dropping crazy amounts of fat or building crazy amounts of lean tissue training two days a week for 30 minutes at a time, but it can be done. And so my point being there is you have to create kind of some expectations for yourself because if you're thinking, you know, I'm going to dedicate two hours a week to this or, or an hour a week to this, if we're talking about twice a week for 30 minutes, you can't really expect to see, you know, the biggest changes in the world. Yeah. Now you can still make progress. You can still lose a couple pounds here or there. You can still build strength. You can still improve your cardiovascular capabilities. I mean, you can still do a whole lot, but it's important that you understand that going into that, like, okay, this might not be the solution for my long-term goals, but this might be where I need to start. And right that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's to me. It's like, if we're, Looking at this thousand step journey, you might as well start taking steps, no matter how small they are. If it's one at a time, that's great because every step's one at a time, right? Mm. Pace doesn't matter. Direction does. So in my opinion, 
that's something important to keep in the back of your head because someone who is only able to commit that much compared to someone who is able to commit that six days a week for 90 minutes at a time, you know, they might notice more drastic changes quicker. Definitely. You know? And so again, part of that is, are they actually capable of that or are they biting off too more than they can chew? Because Mm -hmm. again, let's, let's say you go with that six days a week, 90 minutes of training option, but you're someone who's sleeping four hours a night, eating 1500 calories a day, hyper stressed, like, I promise you that's going to do more damage than good. You're going to crash so, fast and you're going to crash mm-hmm. hard. Yes. So it's finding this this literal Goldilocks zone of like, okay, what can I commit to? What am I capable of? And what do I actually want to do? And you find this, this mesh there of here's where I am, here's my path, and here's what I'm going to stick on. And then I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to check out my... I'm going to check out my weigh-ins in a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check it out the mirror in a week. I want to see how things have changed or how things have pivoted, pivoted based it off the things I've been doing. And from that point, well, if, you know, three days a week and an hour at a time feels kind of easy and maybe I could crank this up a little bit. Let me try four days a week at an hour mm-hmm. at a time or even, you know, let me go three days a week for 75 minutes. I'll just add a set to everything. I mean, you know, you can, you can play with it different ways. And again, adherence being the baseline to that, that pyramid, man, it's like, Use that first. Yes. There, there was a long time where I trained five days a week and I didn't train on Mondays and Wednesdays because I had anywhere from 12 to 14 clients on those days. So if I'm going to be on my feet training people for 12 to 14 hours, it probably makes the most sense for me to take Mondays and Wednesdays off. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was my way of keeping my adherence to where it could be, but adjusting around my life personally. A kind of another example of that that might be a little bit of a tangent, but like right now, I train first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. Yeah, um, I do have some supplementation I'm using, some EAAs and some um, some creatine, glutamine, and mm-hmm. just caffeine and you know some other things like that. But where I'm going with that is like my goal right now is to build as much muscle as possible. Mm-hmm. And if we're gonna sit here and talk about the conversation of optimal, doing that on an empty stomach is not optimal. Yeah, but working the hours I do with the schedule that I have and the way my priorities line up it's best for me to work out first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. So I look into some supplementation to pivot around that. I look, how do I work my meals around that? That's, I, I work it that way. Even though it might be better for me to have two or three meals in me and train in the afternoon, that's just not realistic with work. That's just not realistic with my relationship and the way my life is structured. So I train first thing in the morning because it's what's going to be most optimal for me personally. Optimal is kind of a loaded term. It's... It's more so what is optimal for you within that boundaries of adherence, man. Yeah, and I I like that we're talking about this too because, you know, in the beginning, it was almost it's almost like we're telling this, you know, just for beginners. You know, hey, if you're if you're a beginner and you're looking to actually get into, you know, um, starting a training regimen, you know, this is what you can do. Right. But it's not just for beginners. It's That's for, everybody. for people like you, people yeah. like me, it's for powerlifters, um, even up to you know the highest performing athletes that I've talked to in the powerlifting community. They do what works for them. Right. They don't do the you know idea of okay, I want to get, I want to you know be the best of the best, or you know I want to achieve this. Let me work out you know six times mm-hmm. a week, uh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. No, they, they make sure that what they're doing works for them right. in their situation, right. um, where they are in life right now, whatever their priorities are. Right. They just make sure that um, it works for them. Yeah. And so no matter where on the list, 
uh, training is as a priority for you, as long as it's, you know, realistic and you're doing it in a way that is beneficial. And yet, like you said, like something that you can adhere to, uh, I think, I think it'll always work out for the best. I agree. And you know, I said that I use this phrase in the last podcast, man, but there's, there's multiple ways to skin a cat. You know, there's, there's several professional bodybuilders who, you know, had two or three kids and worked a full-time job. And there's several who, you know, their full-time job was bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. They eat, sleep and train, yeah. you know, so there's, there's, I'm sure that's true in powerlifting as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's true in a lot of different avenues. So it's like, look, there's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily create like a ceiling, but to me, it's like optimal is going to be like a personal thing. It's going to be, how can you weave this within your life in a way that it's going to make the most sense for you personally, and it's not going to stress you out. It's not going to make things harder than they need to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can you make this as easy and as smooth as possible? So it's like, you know, for some people, if we're not starting with calories, it'll, maybe I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to start by pulling out French fries. And then maybe somebody else, I'm going to start by pulling out soft drinks or somebody else. I'm going to start by, it's like, what's the, what's kind of the lowest barrier to entry? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a much in, in several different avenues, regards, respects, however you want to phrase it. Like, I feel like that's a, a undiscussed topic in our space. It's the lowest barrier to entry. It's like, where, where can I, where can I start? Because everyone is so concerned with like, abs in 30 days or, you know, being Mr. Olympia next year, or, you know, trying to have that perfect Instagram picture within two months. And it's like, everybody wants to do the drastic things to get the drastic result. But to me, it's man, the, the Taurus and the hair is like the oldest fucking story in the book. It's mm-hmm. like, set yourself up to be steady. Set your set yourself up to be consistent, set yourself up to be realistic, know what you can do. You know, I have, I have several clients, man, who would love to train, six days a week, but they work 90 hours a week, Yeah, you know, or, or ones that, you know what I mean? So it's like, but you, you have to set yourself up in a way that you're actually going to be making progress and not just working detrimentally. Like you or I probably were back in the day or definitely yeah. I was at least, I mean, man, sitting here saying that I was working out third, I was working out 13 times a week, lifting weights seven times, doing cardio six times and eating at like less than 1700 calories a day. It's like, it's on top of all the caffeine. It's, 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 and yeah, dude, it, it, it's literally like the biggest mind. waste of time, the biggest waste of time yeah. to just make no progress, destroy your hormones, destroy your body. Just because yeah. like it, I thought more was better. I thought I had to be the most hardcore. I thought if I wanted it more than the next guy, I would get the better results. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I had just, fed myself instead of starved myself, rested instead of pounded my head against the wall, figured out how to get more out of one set instead of doing 20 sets. I, f- I feel like it's more so just a general, it's just, a, I hate the phrase mindset, man, but yeah. it's just a general mindset around training, nutrition, health, and wellness. It's like, to make it easier for yourself. Get more out of less. Well, I, I think it's it's almost counterintuitive, man. Like, when you think of results, at least in my head, it's, or, you know, looking back when I used to think about results, it was like, okay, just work harder and yep. work more than everybody else. Yeah. And to an extent that does work. Yeah. Um, but if you work smarter first, it works way better. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I don't, I don't think, uh, a lot of people know that until they experience it. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why, 
you know, we are where we are right now. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure that there's, you know, going to be a lot of people uh, listening to this being like, yeah, right. You know, I'm going to work hard as fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep yeah. on doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but until they reach that point where they see, you know, see it for themselves. Yeah. That's what they're going to be like, oh, I've been doing this shit all wrong. Yeah. I could have gotten so much more results if I would have just. I have so much less. Yeah. It's yeah. so much less. Yeah. And you know what, man, just for, for base of reference, like that first show that I have just talked about, you know, sessions and calories and everything like that show um i still wasn't lean enough i placed six out of six um and it did not go my way the next show in 2018 three years later uh, i was resistance training four to five days a week i was doing cardio four to five days a week and my calories didn't go under 1900 um majority of the time they were over 2100 that 1900 was just the last couple weeks trying to really deplete Mm. and i was leaner at that show and had a much better look doing less um <clears throat> this last show in 2021 um yes 2021 i was tr- i was lifting four days a week doing cardio seven days a week and my calories same never went under 2100 and um maybe they went slightly under that for some points but yeah. again same thing was leaner looked better mm-hmm. you know it's it's again the the solution is not always pound your head against the wall pound your head against the wall pound do more do more do more sometimes it's what's going to be the best move not the hardest move yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i and it's funny i think it's also in a way it is the harder move mm-hmm. you know thinking thinking for the best move yeah because i don't know about you but it's easy to work hard it's it's easy to go into the gym, mm-hmm. give it all you got, mm-hmm. and that's why I pick personally. Exactly, I, I don't remember if I said that this podcast or last, but yeah, because that's it's why tougher. I, well, no, I pick bodybuilding because I get to be pedal to the metal every session. I yeah. don't have to hold myself back at all. Exactly, it's tougher. Like having mm-hmm. a, it's much harder to be strategic yourself. with it, and mm-hmm. you know. Wait, Espe- to especially get the days result. you feel like you could hit it harder, or the days you feel like you know you you have more. It's like it's so hard to to keep it reeled in to yep. an extent. You know, it, you have to again toe that line of like, okay, yeah, we can push it, but it doesn't mean anything if I'm not going to get some sleep tonight. It doesn't mean anything if I'm not going to go eat a steak after this. It doesn't mean anything if I'm not going to do my other prerequisites first. And if I can't do those prerequisites, I need to adjust what I'm doing in the gym. Yeah, I remember. Um back just you know a reference as to why this shit doesn't work uh back in the day when i would power lift uh as a super heavyweight you know i would start at 6 p.m take like three scoops of pre-workout sure i would kick ass in the gym but i wouldn't go to bed until about 5 Mm a.m and i'd be fucked then you're up for school at 7 a.m yeah exactly and getting a what i think i had a 1.4 gpa in school oh my god man yeah (laughs) dropped out and the point is like i could have done that way better you know like that's the same with the gaining 220 pounds that was a very short term gain thing yeah and it, it it's you know you you look at people like or in my case you know you have me gaining the 220 pounds and achieving what I achieved. Cool. What now? And then you have somebody, you know, in my eyes that I feel like did it right 
like Andrew Hawes, 220, slowly built up. Sure. Right now he's 24. He's, uh, uh, I think he, he was like 307 pounds or 311. And just be Eric, if you don't know him, Eric Lilly Bridges, uh, total, which is, oh, wow. Yeah. Like the just, cube method guy. Yeah. Huh? It's cube method guy. No, no, no. I think that's, uh, I don't remember his. Anyways. Brandon Lilly. Yes. Brandon my bad. Lilly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go on. Um, but regardless, he, he did it the right way and he sure. did it, you know, the longer way. And now he's on the road to, you know, break even more records. I'm glad, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I've, I've always thought like, you know, I'm going to use the phrase easy come, easy go. And when I say that, I don't necessarily yeah. mean like easy, but maybe quick or maybe yeah. fast. And it's like, you know, you see bodybuilders that, you know, abuse the hell out of PEDs and they show up on stage and they look incredible. But then in the off season, they don't even look anywhere close to themselves. Completely. Yeah. You see people do a 30 day juice cleanse where they lose fucking 30 pounds. They shit out 30 pounds and they get <laughs> dehydrated and then they eat a bagel and then suddenly they're 35 pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Okay, well, I guess you didn't really lose that weight. You just tricked yourself. You just pissed a lot. Yeah, like you didn't, you didn't, you know what I mean? And so, you know, and and to make a comparison there, you know, you said you did it the wrong way. Well, it's like, you know, and again, I know it's not something you're doing anymore, but I wonder if, you know, if you wanted to pursue powerlifting, if it would have been easier for you to hold onto that size had you stayed there longer. Whereas with Andrew taking the, that you were just talking about, taking the approach of, you know, whatever, adding, 20 pounds a year or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I, I definitely would think that that's something a little bit more sustainable because it's, um, you spend more time there. It's not such a leapfrog effect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I feel like that's true in every Avenue, man. Like the amount of times and, I, and I'm not, I don't, I don't, I really don't ever want to take anything away from anyone. So I don't ever mean to sound like a jerk when I say this, man, but like, you know, you see things like lost 15 pounds in 28 days, man. The first thing I think is like, yeah, what are they going to look like in another 28 days? Mm-hmm. Cause probably not the same, you know, best case scenario, they'll probably keep off seven or eight of those pounds, best yeah. case scenario. And then that's, that's a great month, man. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. Mm-hmm. But the point there being is it's like when we get so obsessed with these like short time frames or like balls to the wall approaches, like it's been said many times, man, but it's just not sustainable. It's just not realistic, you know, like I, I'm such a man. And even the older I get, like I, the value of simplicity and consistency Mm -hmm. are just unmatched in this space. You know, everybody is so concerned with like, you know, doing the 17 degree dumbbell press to target the clavicular fibers of the upper pec. And it's like, sure, man, great. But like, if you just add 10 pounds to your bench press, your chest would get bigger, you know, or oh, if you, yeah. if you just, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, we, we get, yeah, we get, and, and there's nothing wrong with like the fine tooth comb stuff. There's nothing wrong with the like, you know, specific nutrient timing around training. There's nothing wrong with any of that, man. But it's like, sometimes I really think we miss the forest for the trees. What's you the know, goal? We, yeah. Yeah. We, we buy a fat burning supplement before we buy creatine. Yeah. You know, we do a we, juice cleanse yeah. before actually looking at your diet. Sure, and sure. Calories. We'll we'll pound two scoops of C four, but we won't drink 120 ounces of water. Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 things like that, man. That it's like, look, we'll, you know, we'll we'll fit our macros, but we'll do it with bullshit food sources. We won't, <laughs> yeah. you know, eat chicken and rice and steak and beef and you know veggies and fruits and you know what I mean. So it's like, mm. 
sometimes I really think we miss the forest for the trees by trying to be the most hardcore or the most optimal or, or really just trying to like play the system to us. Well, know? I mean, yeah. And I, I think it's appealing because, mm-hmm. you know, if you look, yeah, of course we naturally, yeah. of course. Yeah. We, we are all beings of instant gratification, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm practically trying to make it PTC's mission to tell you that's all bullshit. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, we have a goal mm-hmm. and if let's say, you know, you look at weight loss, let's say you're 220 pounds mm-hmm. and you're trying to get down to 180. Mm-hmm. So 40 pounds. You, there, there's two things you could do. You could be 180 pounds for the rest of your life. That's one goal you can look at. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at, okay, let me, let me do this juice cleanse. Mm-hmm. Let me maybe 180 you know, for an Instagram. Yeah. Picture. yeah let me, let me, let me hit this 180 mark yeah. so that I can post in, uh, you know, all of the, all yep. of this stuff. But what will happen is you'll do everything to get to that 180 as quick as possible without actually getting any real habits and routines and all of that stuff to maintain that. Yeah. Uh, it's like a facade, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, because it looks like that's the real goal, you know, yeah. like why, why would that not be the real goal to lose it as fast as possible? Well, because you're not accounting for your job, the adherence your kids, for your, yeah, your exactly. other responsibilities. You're not just an athlete. You know, if you, you know, everybody wants to do LeBron James training split, but they don't have LeBron James personal chef or, yeah. you know, 10 different recovery modalities and, you know, a free nine hours every night to sleep or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you have to, it, like context is so important. Mm. So important. Mm. Cool. Let's answer some questions, man. Okay, so cardio before or after lifting from kind of swole. What kind of cardio? That's a good question. If it's low intensity to get warmed up before, if it's, you know, I'd say like 140 or above uh, after. This is a perfect... This is a perfect tail end to the conversation we just had of optimal versus oh, yeah. adherence. And so, <laughs> you know, most of my training templates for like the novice intermediate is like two to four days a week of resistance training with a little bit of cardio at the end, maybe 10 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes. And <clears throat> in a perfect world, that cardio would be actually separate. That cardio would yeah. be its own standalone session. Ideally six to eight hours away from the session. So maybe, you know, you do your weights in the morning and you take a little walk in the evening, or maybe Mm -hmm. you take a walk in the morning, you do your weights in the evening or or whatever that may be. But some people only want to dedicate one part of their day to working out. So for adherence sake, I like resistance training first and cardio after there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit before to warm up or just to move and get your heart rate elevated. But I do agree with you in that if it's going to be anything that's going to significantly raise your heart rate for more than five to 10 minutes, it's going to take away from your lifting. Yeah. And I've said it once, I'll say it again, I'll probably say it till the day that I die. Resistance training is the foundation of every body transformation, so it needs to be your priority. So if you are going to do some cardio that's going to be anything more than 10 minutes uh, of any significance, significance meaning maybe 110 to 120 heart rate or more, definitely want to do it after. Mm. if yeah, you're doing I don't anything, know why I said 140. Yeah, well, no, yeah. well, yeah, maybe even, yeah, I, I might just be a little pickier than that. But yeah, no, I, and think if you're going to, I think it's 110 and above. Yeah, yeah if you're going to do something um, high-intensity oriented, and in my opinion, you definitely want to have it away from this session or mm-hmm. 
at the beginning of the session, but then it's like, well, what's your priority? And in yeah. my opinion, again, the resistor training should be the priority. So um, if you are doing high intensity, you're going to want to be smart with that. So you're not going to want to run sprints in the evening after squatting or deadlifting or lunging. You know, you're not going to want to do, you're not going to want to do Stairmaster after doing barbell RDLs. So, yeah, no. you know, there's, yeah, there, there's kind of different, different ways to, to approach that Avenue, but that's kind of my two cents there. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree. I, I think, like you said, the, the best thing is just to keep them separate mm-hmm. right now. That's actually what I'm, um, doing and it's working out amazing yeah i do either fifth or 10 to 15 minutes of um the elliptical bike in the morning or you know i'll go for like a 30 minute walk and then in the evening that's when i do my lifting yep and it's usually about an hour of lifting and keeping them separate has been amazing because usually what will happen is you know after a workout the last thing i want to do is cardio yep so I'll skip it. <laughs> yep. Agreed. So, yep. And if I, um, right now I do like a 10 to 15 minute stroll with Cora, which yeah. like, I'm not even tracking my heart rate. I mean, it's nothing of significance and then mm-hmm. I'm lifting. And if I'm doing any standalone cardio, it's going to be on Sunday or Saturday, which is an off day, which is more, most likely just going to be like a, a power walker riding the bike for like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. So that's kind of my two cents on adding cardio in there. Do I have to be air quotes thick in order to gain muscle? Well, how many C's are we talking? There was just a CK in the question. Ah, mid. <laughs> I, I hate that word, by the way. Thick right. or mid? Mid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it depends. So what's going to dictate if you can build muscle or not is are you progressively loading your training? So yeah. are you getting stronger? And are you eating in a caloric surplus? So does your body actively have more calories coming in through the day than it does calories going out? Theoretically, your body is constantly moving through states of catabolism and anabolism throughout the day, which is just a fancy way of saying sometimes you're building, sometimes you're burning. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. building, sometimes you're burning. And if you were to get really fancy with that, maybe you could do both at once, not incredibly well, but you could do both at once. But where I'm going with that is... Do you have to be thick? Meaning, does your body fat have to be at a certain level to build tissue? No. Um, If anything, I would say if your body fat is too high, you are in a worse place to build tissue because your insulin resistance is probably whack. Exactly. So that being said, um, I don't really like to toss body fat percentages around, but you want to be relatively lean to be in a good space to build lean tissue. So if I ever have someone who's coming to me that's looking to make a body transformation in their skinny fat, the first thing that we're going to do is introduce weight training and try to get that protein up. So they will build some tissue, Mm -hmm. but my bigger priority is actually losing some fat. Mm -hmm. My bigger priority is actually like pulling them to a place where they're actually healthier. Mm -hmm. So that way they're more primed to build tissue. So do you have to be thick to build muscle? Not necessarily. However, you might need to get thick in the process. Yeah. So especially if you're someone who's pushing the boundaries and maybe doing some bodybuilding or really trying to put some size on, you're definitely going to notice a little bit of fat gain over time with those extra calories, with that extra food. And that's normal. That's part of the process. You're trying to make sure that your body's always in a state where it has enough resources to grow. Mm -hmm. So inevitably, there's going to be a little bit of fat gain to come with that. Hypothetically, if you were to do it a lot slower, maybe you could keep that fat gain down. But then the conversation becomes, well, is it better for me to eat 1,000 calories over my maintenance, 500 calories over my maintenance, 200 calories over my maintenance? 
it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's going to depend on who you are, what your goals are, what's your current spot and yada, yada. So get a coach, but, <laughs> um, no, you don't have to be thick. You might have to get thick in the process right now. I would say my body fat is a little bit higher than I usually like it to be, but I'm about six weeks into a bulk. So right now I'm at a point where the food is like, I'm pushing it a little bit. So I would consider myself on the thicker side right now. Do I need to be thicker? No, not necessarily, but I'm going to continue to push food so I can continue to build tissue. And a byproduct of that is going to be getting a little bit thicker. So I would love to know your input on this, Mr. 400 pounds. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I agree with you. I I think, I think it's going to be better to be leaner. Uh, And the reason for that is because if I wanted to get swole, at 300 pounds, guess what? I'm going to have to wait or I'm going to have to, you know, gain more weight. You have to eat 12,000 calories a day or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And you know, and un- unless I guess you want to get bigger at that point, um, it's, it's just not going to look good. It's not going to feel good, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're lean and you are taking those excess calories in order to, in order to grow. Yeah. So for that specific reason, um, it's, it's going to be a lot better than if you're already, you know, a big boy. And yeah. I don't know, because I, I feel like at that point there, there may be a conflict of interest because if you're big and you're trying to look more muscular, well, you probably need to get leaner. Yep. Uh, depending on, you know, how much fat you have and how much muscle you, you have. Usually the way I like to to guide people on this because I, I, I truthfully believe it's an individual answer, but yeah, I am of the opinion <clears throat> that if you are someone who puts a significant amount of time, effort, energy into all of this fitness, wellness, whatever, at any time you should be able to take your shirt off and feel comfortable about it. Yeah. You might not need to be peeled to the bone. You might know it's not your best look, but you should always be comfortable enough to take your shirt off and feel good about it. Mm. At least halfway decent, you know, again, you don't always have to, you don't always have to feel like it's your best or like you're peeled to the bone. I'm definitely not right now, but I know but I'm not comfortable. A, you should be at a healthy enough body fat where, yeah, you could comfortably take your shirt off and not feel, you know, self-conscious or, mm. or bad about it, you know? And that's again, going to vary person to person. And if you're someone with some, some body image issues, that might not be the best guidance there, but definitely something that I think can help in the back of the brain. And one thing that you kind of touched on that I'd like to elaborate on a little bit more as well is like when you're leaner, man, it, it's likely your cardio is a lot better. And when your cardio is a lot better, man, you can handle much more. You can recover more between sets. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're someone who, and I'm totally throwing numbers around here, but just for sake of conversation, if you take a guy who's 10% body fat and a guy who's 20% body fat, and they're doing the same amount of volume, same sort of intensity, same strength, if you just, for sake of conversation, say everything is the same, the guy who's 10% body fat is probably going to be able to do more work in less time because his cardio is probably better. Mm-hmm. His heart is probably stronger. He probably recovers from things much better. He can probably get his heart rate up and down a lot easier than the guy who's 20% body fat. It's going to be a little bit harder for him to get his heart rate up and down on his mm-hmm. own. So or it'll be easy for him to get it up. It'll be hard for him to get it exactly, down. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's one thing that I've noticed as well is like, man, whenever I'm um, prepping for a show, like I'm like 
you know, dependent upon the set exercise, whatever, but it's like, I feel like I'm chopping my rest periods down pretty significantly. It feels good. right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Just from doing that cardio and, and from actually being in shape. So, you know, I'm of the mindset that like, you know, I'm, there's nothing wrong with a little bulk. There's nothing wrong with being on the thicker side and gaining some weight. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, you should never be too far from healthy. You should yeah. always be able to, to feel like, you are someone who dedicates time, effort, and energy to their health. Because if you're this deep into this podcast, you're probably someone who dedicates energy to their time, health, and well-being. Yeah. And, you know, for a little bit of context, uh, when I was like 380 pounds or whatever, and my workouts were taking, you know, five hours long, that's because I had to take like 10 minutes in between each set in order yep. to just catch my breath you do three three reps of squats and then you need a 10 minute breathing oh no for for the heavy lifts it would probably be like 20 minutes in between oh, and geez, i'm i'm dead serious like about a, that it's like a whole tv episode you yeah watch, you watch a whole seriously. season of the office in a workout man. seriously like, and now um you know w when it comes to my accessories i take 60 seconds in between my accessories when i was still doing powerlifting. Uh, I would take no more than four minutes yep. for my main lifts. Wow. Um, and I would feel better going into those. Yep. Like I would feel, uh, you know, still very energized, yep. you know, as to when I was big, I would have to, you know, pump myself up for each one because, you know, I didn't have the energy. Yep. Uh, not to mention, like you were t saying earlier with the insulin sensitivity, not a lot of people think about that. Yeah, like uh, how, but, like your your body fat and the level of shape you are in, literally affects the way your body uses the food that you bring in. Mm -hmm. And I th I think that that's a bigger issue than uh, most people think. And I think a lot of people have issues with their insulin, and you know, being leaner helps with that, man. Mm -hmm. Like I, I I think about, and it's it's always funny to think about this, but when I was bigger and I ate, I had to take an hour nap after I ate. Yep. Uh, like there was literally no choice. I would yeah. fall asleep. Yep. Uh, whether that was because, you know, I was becoming a diabetic or, um, whatever, regardless, uh, every time that I, or every 10 pound increment that I lost, yeah. uh, my insulin sensitivity, I could tell got better and better to the point where I no longer felt tired, you know, awesome. after I was eating and yep. it actually felt like I was fueling my yep. workouts or my life oh, yeah. in general. Yep. And so. when, you're, when you're on that leaner side as well, you also sleep better, which is a whole nother rabbit hole to dive yep. into. But I mean, sleep, sleep apnea, baby. man, for dude, for most people, sleep is like the limiting factor. Oh yeah. Sleep is really like the, the key component they need to address. So, but cool. All right, man. Let's wrap this one up there. Yes, sir. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.